Welcome to The Stare Down, sports talk and real estate with Sean Carpenter of Coldwell Banker in Columbus, Ohio, Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida, and Todd Meininger of Cummins, Georgia. Listen in as they discuss the week in sports and toss in a pinch of real estate too. Now your hosts, Sean, Todd and Bill. Hey, greetings, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Staredown. It's our weekly sports talk and real estate podcast with three good buddies from around the country talking sports and a little bit of real estate. Hey, I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio. I'm a real estate agent with Cole Banker, joined every week by my good friend, Bill Risser, who's a title rep in St. Petersburg, Florida with Fidelity National, and my other friend, Todd Meininger in Cumming, Georgia, who's not in real estate. He works in doors and hardware. But man, he is a salesman like any other salesman. How are you, buddies? Todd, how are you, man? Oh, great, Sean. Great. Uh, just like you and Bill, just watched an amazing end to an amazing, an amazing football game. So had a good week. Uh, thought about you guys in Jacksonville, but um, glad to be here. Sunday night. Yeah, man. recording Sunday night right after the, uh, the divisional playoff games in the AFC and the NFC. Bill, how are you tonight, bud? Doing good. Um, enjoying the cold weather here in St. Petersburg. We were a frosty 55 degrees today. Uh, 37 when I teed off this morning for golf with wow. a little bit of wind. So it was, uh, it was, it was cold and a lot of fun. <laughs> now, 55 in Florida is the kind of temperatures that cause a lot of locals to, to cancel. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. We, I, I wore shorts, you know, I always wore shorts when I play golf. Right. I was the, 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 the butt of a lot of jokes. And, uh, however, by the end of the round, when the sun's shining and it's beautiful out there, I, I feel I got the last laugh. Right. Right. And how'd you play? Oh yeah. Uh, Speaking of laughs, <laughs>, <laughs> you know, Sean, Sean, I do my best, uh, Stu Gatz. Sean, let me tell you. <laughs> Um, you've have you ever had a day, Sean, where like nothing goes right. Um, and in your normal, my normal miss is to the right, but then all the misses were to the left. Yeah. And so it's really hard to kind of fix things and get it back together. And, and I'll just tell you this part, this should tell anyone out there that plays golf, anything they need to know, uh, played five or sorry, four relatively easy par fives and had a penalty stroke on all of them and doubled all four. So you know, the holes you're supposed to kind of make, Hey, uh, I, I struggled. And, and other than that, um, you know, I guess there was one beautiful par three, about 165 yards where I had a six iron all over the pin, hit about three feet from the hole, rolled about 20 feet past. And I parted. That was my big excitement for the day. Wow. That was it. So penalty strokes on all four par fives, uh, two OBs, two waters or what? Uh, no, all water or hazards. Mm -hmm. Yikes. Thank you. That sounds like my, uh, (laughs) Sounds like my modus operandi on a par five. A lot of walking sticks on that uh, scorecard, huh? Yep, exactly. But you know what that means? I'm coming back next Sunday. Hey, Bill, what's funny is is you're an Arizona boy, San Diego boy. I'm a Florida boy. Um, We just always wear shorts, right? I don't care. It's got to be unbelievably cold before I put on a pair of pants. It's never too cold to wear shorts. and I've never been – unless it's like – I've never lived anywhere where it's zero – Bundle up the head, bundle up the feet, the hands if you need to. You know, yeah. Pants are way overrated. It's for work only. That's what I say. That's a tweet. For all you listeners out there, could you tweet that out from the stare down? Pants are way overrated. <laughs> it's for work only? <laughs> well, hey. Well, guys, speaking of out of bounds uh, in the golf, golf course uh, or off the golf course, how about out of bounds in the NFL? Uh, the game we just watched, the game that just ended – the last of the four divisional playoff games, the Vikings versus the Saints was a thriller, and it ended with Stefan Diggs not going out of bounds. Uh, actually, a poor defensive play by the Saints defender. Uh, Saints win it on the last second walk, or I'm sorry, the uh, Fal- Vikings win it on the last second walk-off. What a game, and what a really last 14, 15 minutes of the game, right? Bill, what was your thoughts on the on the Vikings' twenty nine twenty four victory? Where what six seventy nine ten eleven twelve plus nineteen points were scored in the last I think nine minutes? Yeah, I look. I was pulling hard for the Vikings. I, I just want to see them play in their home stadium for a Super Bowl. It's never happened before where a team has um, played in their stadium. They played in their city, but not in their stadium. So, looking forward 
to hopefully watching the Vikings beat the Eagles next week. Sorry, Eagles fans. But it looked so it looked like it was over in the first half. And then there the both of you are on on the text telling me, eh, it's not you know, it's a sixty minute game, you never know. Halftime adjustments, all that good stuff. And sure enough, um, you know, Case Keenum came out in the second half, looked kind of more like Case Keenum. Uh Drew Brees looked a whole like a whole lot more like Drew Brees, the Hall of Famer. And uh and we had a ball game. And you're right. I mean the for the you can you almost can see and sense the fact that enough time too much time was left on the clock you know and the vikings had a chance to go and take the lead would they left too much time on the clock for the saints to come back and take the lead and the vikings make two great timeout calls late in the game in order to get enough time to at least have some sort of a prayer at the end and guess what their prayer was answered <laughs> with with a, uh, a horrific play by uh, Marcus Williams, the defender for the Saints, instead of you know going up high, wrapping a guy up, even pushing him out of bounds, like he probably should have done, instead of trying to cut him out underneath, uh, Diggs evade, you know evo- avoids him, and Marcus Williams wipes out the other defender. And Diggs, instead of going out of bounds with a second left or two seconds left to kick the field goal, looks up and there's nobody around him. Waltzes into the end zone, twenty yards down, and you know, I- I've never seen anything like that ever. Yeah, I mean, kind of a um, uh, smart play, and it's, uh, you know. Had it changed, had it been different, it would have been a, a crazy play. Todd, what was your thoughts? Because, you know, obviously, uh, you know, the, the texts come through. Wow, wow. Did you, I can't believe what I just saw. Um, you know, it's one of those mir- Music City miracles, right? They're, they'll come up with a name for it. I guarantee you by morning there'll be a, a name for this play uh, in Minnesota. So it was really, really interesting to me, Sean. Um, first of all, Bill said, you know, it's over, you know, a tongue-in-cheek early. And I, I responded, you know, hey – I still like the Saints and their chances. And then um, Bill replied to me at halftime, do you still like it? And I said, nah, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, it was just going the Vikings way, right? Just going, going, going. So the play before the miracle play, um, Troy Aikman and, and uh, Joe Buck did a good job of showing the defensive backs for the Saints just hugging the sidelines, right? And they're basically saying, take anything in the middle. Take anything in the middle. Um, so when Case Keenum threw that ball, and hit digs, uh, Bill and I were thinking the same thing. Just get out of bounds, right? It'll be a long, long miracle field goal attempt. And lo and behold, I don't know his name, but 43 on the Saints just did the worst attempt. Uh, you know, we always t- talk about defensive backs don't wrap up, right? I mean, he just threw his body, ole. Diggs looked around, had the opportunity to score, and uh, it was pay dirt. It was unbelievable. I've never seen any like that. I think Aikman said the same thing. And what I was really happy for, I was watching with Kate, my daughter, 13. She felt so bad because Phyllis, the 100-year-old Viking fan who had never been to a playoff game, she just was so heartbroken for Phyllis. And, uh, you know, like we always talk about, that's why they play 60 minutes. Right, guys? I hope yeah, I'm pretty sure if they would have lost, they would have thrown Phyllis over the edge. I hope, I hope Phyllis is okay after all that. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, that yeah, was- yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, Phyllis is probably like, what What happened? I don't know what, ha- what happened, but good for her for being there. And, uh, you know, it's not like she's a, a fan sitting in some nursing home. She's at the game, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, very impressive. But, uh, you know, first of all, a testament to, to Stefan Diggs and just the, the you know, throughout the, throughout the weekend, we saw the skill and the athleticism of these players. I mean, Diggs to catch that ball on a twisting, turning catch and then to, to use his right hand to – kind of balance himself mm-hmm. comes d- down and realizes as bill said he has he has kind of open field in front of him but more importantly really nobody within 15 yards of him mm-hmm. uh, because of marquise williams just once again it will go down as a textbook example of a defender not wanting to wrap up and it's one thing in on you know the first drive of the game where you're just you know trying to go low uh Deion sanders I, I i still think was the founder of this movement um because People like Ronnie Lott are just crying right now, uh, <laughs> thinking he could have taken that guy out, you know, of the of the season and on a stretcher at the same time. Uh, and and just <sighs> here's the thing: um, going into halftime, Saints knew they had to mount a comeback. I think everybody thought they would. Drew Brees is a great player, um, you know, but wow, uh, they come back, they take the lead, then Minnesota takes the lead. Um, and then just, wow, just quite a finish. Um, well, to me, Sean, it, 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 you love to, uh, you know, Stephen Covey, right? <laughs> Seven things of highly successful people. 
put first things first. I think he was trying to like knock him back yet keep him inbound so the clock would run. I mean, at the end of the day, you got to stop that guy first, right? And then worry about is the inbounds, is the out of bounds regroup? There's so much little time left. I really thought he was making kind of a I'm gonna knock him, keep him in bounds. There's no way they're gonna be able to to regroup. Boy, that just backfired. And that was that was hard to watch, especially if you're a Saints fan. And I feel bad for 43. I mean, he's you know, for the rest of his life, that, that might haunt him, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I made the prediction on a, on a text to you guys before we went on the air. Um I, I bet he gets cut before the he will not be on the Saints roster at the end of uh, or at the start of next season. Uh, I don't I don't know anything about who he is. I couldn't tell you where he played college, how long he's been in the league. Um, I'm sure I'll find that out in the next day or so. Uh, but my guess is he's he's no longer in New Orleans uh, at this time next year. I've got a, a guess somehow that the play will go down as a dig route because that's a oh. that's a play <laughs> in the NFL, right? Yeah, you, you run a dig route down the back, and then maybe they're going to somehow have some fun with that. We'll see. Nice. Hey, did you see uh, Case Keenum's reaction? That was pretty pretty special. He was. Yeah. I, oh. I think he turned to his offensive lineman in the mouth like, "Oh my god!" I, you know, yeah. I just, he couldn't I find anybody. He couldn't find anybody to celebrate with. He's just running around like a little kid looking for somebody to hug. No, awesome. Yeah, like like Valvano, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So Todd, as our local sharp, um, explain Ooh. kind of what happened at the end there. Um, so so once again, the Vikings are down twenty four twenty three, last play of the game. Yeah, and, and taught it to kind of take it from there as far as the score and the final score goes. Um, so unbelievable, and I, I hate that my mind thinks this way, but you know it, it, it does, and I am who I am. So the Saints go up twenty nine twenty four, right? Yep, twenty nine twenty four, and pandemonium. Obviously, pandemonium in the stadium, um, and both teams rush the field. Media rushes rush the, the field. field. People are crying. Helmets are being tossed. I saw an official actually throw a flag for celebration on Vikings. I'm like, yeah, good luck with that, right? <laughs> um, so anyway, my warped mind said, gosh, I wonder what the spread was on this game. <laughs> and it closed at minus five and a half for the Vikings, giving five and a half. Which means the Vikings have to win by six win by for six. anyone who bets on the Vikings to win. And if they win by five, even though the Saints lost the game, if you bet on the Saints, then you win. So, of course, it's a rule in football. In regulation, you have to kick the extra point, go for two. You have to finish the extra point. And over time, the game's the game, right? So you've got to imagine some Saints uh, betting guys were saying, oh, just kneel on the ball, kneel on the ball. And the Vikings people are like, come on, kick the extra point, do something. So – there was it took what five six seven minutes to get everyone on the field. They had the punter who had hurt his uh, stomach. He was one of the guys that lined up for the Saints. Bill, I think you pointed out there's only nine of them out there. Right. So what? Uh, I mean, just to, goes to show that the NFL does not mess around with the betting. I mean, they dragged those players on the field. They were completing that game, even though it was it was meaningless in every other sense except for the betting line. Yeah. So let me ask you this question though, Gene Steratore, one of the one of the you know, he is one of the egomaniacs of the NFL referees, him and Ed Hockley. Um, the fact that we know his name, I think, says it all. He's got um, he's big the old guy guns, that, right? He, he, he's the guy that – well, Ed, Gene Steratore is the one that pulled out the index card oh, uh, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to, to yeah. you know, claim the uh, first down. Um, was there any doubt that that was a touchdown at the end of the game? I mean, Stephon Diggs was 12 inches from the sideline. Yeah. I don't think that, he calls for that, though, Sean. I think that's – I understand that, but yeah. – but, but it takes the time by somebody. Um, I, I just happen to think it was because Store Tour is there. But yeah, that, that replay looked, at the end of the game took almost four or five minutes. Right. They do that time. typical review takes 10 seconds on a play like that because yep. they just blow the whistle and let the kicker kick, you know, a typical extra point. Who right. knows what he was doing? Um, but you're right. Just uh, glory hogging more time. He, he is, he is uh, you're right, one of the most annoying <laughs> officials <laughs> out so, there. Yeah. And he does college hoops too, so you'll start seeing him now on the college hoops uh, hardwood. Oh, does he really? Wow, he awesome. does. Yeah. Hey, Sean, number forty-three, uh, a kid, and I call him a kid, Marcus Williams. He's a rookie out of Utah. Mm. Six foot, twenty-one years old, free safety. Okay. Ooh. So I, I guess the, the well, a veteran, a veteran didn't commit that. Uh, you know, it's a tough uh, life lesson for him. Uh, yeah, you know, but yeah, you know, it's kind of cool perspective-wise. You know, Todd, that's one of your words, and, and we share that word a lot uh, offline. Um, the thing I thought was cool 
is who was the first person off the field to congratulate Keenum? Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. Drew Brees, I mean, Drew Brees wasn't like running around going like, what the hell just happened? He wasn't yelling at his defense. Uh, Drew Brees knows, hey, look, that's how the NFL works. You, you know, we scored with 25 seconds on the clock, probably too much time, um, you know. When the Vikings scored, uh, Bill, you texted with a minute 34, oh. too much time? Yeah. And we're like, but how do you control that? I mean, but I agree with you, yeah. Bill. They did poor clock management. Oh. They did. You I mean, run the that, ball twice, right? Yeah, they did the down and out pick up four yards, and then Rick yeah. out of bounds. The next play was an incomplete pass. If you just run twice, you'll probably pick up the same four yards. And you can run, you know, 35 to 40 seconds per playoff. And, 11, and force a timeout at least. And yep. force a timeout. So you probably would have left him with maybe 40 seconds, not a minute 29. Yeah. Wow. It just changes the look. They'll have no timeouts, and they, you know, they'd have been under a lot more stress. That's, well, we wouldn't have gotten the ending we got, right? You're right. Yeah. Yeah. right. <laughs> Hashtag because sports. Yes. That's right. Right. So let's go to the earlier game today, guys. The one o'clock game in the Sunday time slot was thought to be the kind of the blowout game of the weekend. Really, I don't think anyone gave the Jaguars fans um, a chance. I, I Todd, I think it. I think it at kickoff was a thirteen and a half point. Sounds about right. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. Um, I don't think there was. You know, I don't know if you can check anywhere to see what the money uh, bet line was. You know, was it eighty twenty? Was it you know ninety ten? You, um, you can but, look at where it opens and where it ends up, and that's usually a good indicator. But um, okay, um, so it was only seven. The, the Patriots were thirteen and a half. This yeah, was only okay, seven. so only seven. But maybe but that's because Jacksonville came in and beat in in game in week five. Yeah, uh, they beat the Steelers. But the Steelers come in a prohibitive favorite, even though with um, even with their receiver uh, coming in a little hobbled. The Juju, um, oh Antonio no, Brown, Antonio, Antonio Brown. Brown. Okay. Um, but Jacksonville just. I'm telling you, Bill, from the opening bell, they came out like Tyson. Uh, granted, there was two there was two series back and forth where teams were kind of feeling each other out. Then Jacksonville drove down the field, scores a touchdown on a Leonard Fournette fourth and one dive, um, mm. which didn't work against the Bills, and it did. He did get through against the Steelers. Um, thought that was a good call by by the coach. Um, and then they they intercept Ben on the next series inside his own twenty. They go mm. in to score. Um, Jacksonville opened up kind of a can of whoop ass in the first half until the last play of the first half. Bill, why don't you pick it up there? Because that really, I mean, if the Steelers had a chance, it was only because of that play that happened right there. Why don't you, why don't you share what happened? So you're talking about not the, not the bell touchdown, not the <laughs> Brown touchdown, but the Bryant touchdown, right? Martin right. Bryant, right? So there's, one, and there's a lot of touchdowns today, boys. Oh my gosh. And yeah. So, and Bill, before you even talk about it, let me just, for the people who didn't watch the game, there was four highlight reel touchdowns by Ben Roethlisberger. I think regard if, if you just take them out of context of the situation, right. it would be on the highlight reel. I think the touchdowns were more the highlights for each individual receiver. Yes, I agree. I, I, because they were amazing catches. They weren't um, – it was the, – the ball was kind of just thrown in the direction where the player bends hoping that each of the receivers battles for the ball and does his thing, uh, except for maybe the Martavius Bryant one uh, with, with 25 seconds left in the first half. To get that touchdown going into the halftime was just huge to get it to a two-score game, right, from 28-7 to 28-14. Right. Um, big swing. Yeah, big, big swing. But I, I, I just – I watched the catch that, uh, that uh, Antonio Brown made that – unbelievable catch right uh virtually one-handed with one hand tight you know kind of tied behind his back uh every catch was highlight reel the throws were just in the general area but they weren't these pinpoint you know drop it in a bucket kind of a thing does that make sense yeah it was receivers making i think extraordinary efforts on the balls and pulled them in so 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 todd you just brought up a great fact why don't you share that stat because that's an unbelievable stat in a playoff game of this stature yeah, with, so with two with two really, if you think about it, two of the better AFC, probably take that back, two of the best NFL uh, defenses uh, in that game. Why don't you share that stat you just you just brought up? Yeah, I just uh, eleven touchdowns today, one field goal, <laughs> and there's wow. only one, and there's only one defensive touchdown. So ten offensive touchdowns between the two guys. So yes. that's that's pretty wild. I, I didn't watch much of the game. I uh, you guys kind of kept me abreast. Um, and it looked like Jacksonville had it early and then Pittsburgh fought and clawed their way back and Jacksonville ended up. Yeah, uh, but it was one of those games, Todd, where no matter who you're rooting for, I was kind of pulling for the Jaguars. Um, the Jaguars get to that 14-0 lead. Then they take the 21-0 lead. Yep. And then the Steelers score. 
They fourteen in the second quarter, yeah. And then, yeah, and they scored fourteen and kind of came back. And then and then Roethlisberger gets sacked, and I think that's when the twenty eight. Uh, that's when the scoop and score happened. Um, to kind of so every time every time someone got close, mm-hmm. there was that that comeback, and it was you know, gosh, Bill, it was um, Fournette goes out with an injury. Yep. And TJ Yeldon, kind of a, a much smaller running back when you look at the Al- two of them. Alabama the guy, right? Alabama guy, yep. yep. Um, you know, he – Bortles did not play great, but boy, did Bortles make some passes when he needed to make passes. Yeah, he, you know, his numbers are, are uh, pretty pedestrian, right? 14 of 26, 214 yards uh, and a touchdown. God, You're big. right. Of those 14 completions, they, they all were really important. So critical. Yeah, big, ben, big Ben was 37 for 58 for 469 yards. <laughs> and Bortles was 14 26. Hey, guys, the over under this game was 40 and a half. Both teams beat the over by themselves, 45 42. Wow. <laughs> I mean, what a game, right? When you break it down like that, it's crazy. Yeah, it really, I mean, it really was a fun game to watch. It really was. I mean, you know, if you're, if you're rooting for the Steelers, it was tough to watch because you could never get over that that moment that the momentum uh drag um if you were rooting for the jaguars you could never really be happy because you didn't think Should I mean, be it, came down, more, right? it, it, it literally came down to they made them kick the last kick of the game and you know dan fouts and Ian eagle were like well here's what needs to happen there was one second on the clock they basically would need to kick the ball off of a jaguar player <laughs> pick the ball up and run it back for a touchdown and score um, right <clears throat> you know and so they tried kind of a long onside kick to hope maybe a bounce would happen or something like that. But it looked, it looked um, like he might've tried to blast a player and just missed. That's what I was thinking. He was trying to just line it right into somebody. Unlike the uh, dreaded squib kick from a couple of weeks ago where from the Rose bowl, right? Yeah, They, they tried um, to miss everybody and they hit them. <laughs> yeah. But I'll tell you what, some, some really big plays that the scoop and score was, was incredible. Um, you know, one of those perfect bounces that kind of just bounces up to the guys he's running in and a couple dumb plays by the Jaguars, uh, you know, I think they're going to look at those the tape before they go into uh, New England next week and realize that the taunting oh. uh, penalty because that taunting cost them an immediate seven points at, you know? at the end at the end of the half. Yeah, they 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 were going to get in there with a twenty eight to 14. Lead, 28 seven lead, and they give oh, them, that's right. They give up that you know he they they get excellent field position and Ben's able to take him down and score. Just stupid, but. Hopefully, yeah. uh, lesson learned. We'll see. And and, and I texted you, Jalen Ramsey. I thought rookie mistake there. We pushed Le'Veon Bell. It turns out JJ Schuster yeah. pushed Ramsey into, and it was kind of a you know bad call there. But um, I don't know. We don't want to get. So, we don't want to start talking about bad calls and refs yet. We got to save. Yes, that. we got to save that because re- reference coming is coming up. up later. A new yep. a new <laughs> segment on the stare down. John Meininger and the reference. <laughs> Hey, Sean, Sean, real quick, before I lose my mind, like I did a couple times this week. Um, so Pittsburgh ends the season 13-4, and four, right? One of those – two of those losses against Jacksonville, right? One of those losses, the crazy game against New England, right? Right. Right. And would not have that given them home field advantage and in a total different bracket if, uh, if they won that. So going into this game – for whatever reason, I think Jacksonville had a little head game edge uh, against the Steelers. Um, and maybe that helped their quick start. But for some reason, I mean, they have Pittsburgh's number, and they must have loved that matchup coming in. Yeah, there. but I'll tell you what, Todd. I mean, if you just, if I showed you video of last week's game against Buffalo mm-hmm. and this week's game against the Steelers, could you imagine those are the same team? Mm. No. Nope. I mean, it's no. unbelievable. I mean, and I don't know if that's testament to Buffalo – um, Buffalo's got a great defense. They got a unimaginable offense that chews up a lot of clock. I mean, I don't know if Buffalo scored ten TDs in the last you know ten weeks. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, it's like crazy. So yeah, for sure. So all right, guys, let's turn back to, to last night. Uh, a game that, thankfully for for I think all three of us, uh, was a lights out at halftime game. Um, Saint uh, the the Titans Patriots game yep. primetime game. Uh, kind of a kind of a positional game at the first half first half of the first quarter and then the the Titans dr- sustain a drive and and score on a really nice drive and all of a sudden the media and the Twitter followings starts thinking like oh we got a game boys it looks like Tennessee came to play and Tom Brady's tight and Bill Belichick is arguing with his owner and this could be the end of the Patriots and then the rest of the game happened um, yeah, it was twenty-one fourteen at half. I think all three of us pretty much knew what that meant. 
am at early bedtime on the East Coast. 21 uh, 7 half, right? Yeah, 21 7. Yeah, 21 7. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That's, yeah, that's what I meant. But, um, and, and, you know, the Vic- uh, the Titans did come back and score again. But, um, Bill, what were your thoughts on, on t- Tom Brady kind of once he got his grounding and, and once he got his footing? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's just amazing. What else can you say? As much as I don't like the Patriots, you know, he's, uh, he's the greatest of all time. And, yeah. and you just knew once uh, they kind of got their, their feet uh, underneath them and they, everything was rolling, that it was going to be a done deal. And, I, and I'm really looking forward to next week, right? I, I, just, I hope the Jags have something different that, that uh, Belichick's not ready for or that Brady can't handle. And we have a real game. It'll be, it'll be fun to watch. But I'm sure, uh, you know, any guesses on an early line there for that game? Twelve. I'll say 12 double digits probably in, you know, in new England with new England's incredible record at home in the playoffs. So yeah, if nothing else, a 10 and a half would be maybe an early line because it's just that half, maybe nine and a half. I don't know. Nine is the, is the uh, nine. So they're really, they're, they're asking for the, for the money to come over, over that double digit number, which changes, you know, I think that, that Todd, you're, you you know, probably better than I do, but that probably when it gets to that double digit number, it it definitely changes the, uh, yeah. betting Thoughts, right? And yeah. think of it this way: uh, it's nine at home, and it's three home team. Assume three, right? That's the old adage. Um, so New England would start with a three-point lead. So um, that's not a big spread, I don't think. I well, think I think so. a lot of money is going to hit on New England, and they'll still quickly. And they'll, yep. Up. So I, I agree. Yeah, I totally. They, they got to move that money back over onto ten. Uh, I'm sorry, into Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so let's 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 move on to the, the first game of the weekend. Um, the game that where for the first time ever. The number one seed comes in as underdogs on their home field after a week off. The Eagles, led by Nick Foles out mm-hmm. of Arizona, yep. Um, they go up against the wild card number six seed Falcons, who had a big win last week on on the road. Uh, Todd, why don't you kind of walk us through what happened in this game? Because it was kind of a a cold. Um, grinded out type game. Uh, a lot of passes dropped. A lot of passes missed because the wind. Uh, both falls and and well, you could tell when they were going right to left on our TV dial. Um, the the passing was was tough. The, the wind must have just either been coming across the top of the field, but a lot of floated passes, a lot of missed passes. Um, Ryan, Matt Ryan didn't look sharp at all early. Um, what was kind of the early thoughts and, and what was the hometown vibe down there in Atlanta? So, yeah, I really uh, – I really that was a tough game, right? Um, 16-10, uh, 15-10, even worse. So, um, tough environment to play in Philadelphia. Weather was miserable. Boy, hats off to the Eagles for using a point spread, uh, put a chip on their shoulder. And did you see them after the games? They're all wearing dog masks or the underdog. And that's something that really drives me nuts. Um, just one thing, right? Not much drives me nuts. But uh, how these world-class talented athletes need something negative to fire them up, and they use that. And I guess, I guess it's a good life lesson. If something bad happens, use it. That said, I think two things were bad. I think the play calling was really – I don't like to jump on offensive coordinators or point to one thing, but I thought the play calling was really bad. Ten points. Um, this team is 0-7 when they don't score 20 points or more. Um, so that wasn't going to do it. But the pivotal game, the pivotal play was at, at the end of the first half. Uh, Keanu Neal jumps to try to get an interception. Not sure why he jumped. It ends up hitting off his knee. The Philadelphia guy catches it, runs about 10 yards, gets down. Philly kicks a, a field goal. And that three points was huge, right? Yeah, I understand <laughs> all the, the game is totally different if that doesn't happen. But that said, Atlanta – had to go for the touchdown at the end of the game, being down five, and again the play calling. Um, I thought was really, really bad. I didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. So, Todd, I will tell you, if I was Tony Reale right now and you dropped that zero and seven without scoring twenty points, I would give you a bunch of points right now uh, on around the horn. You'd get a lot of points. Say that again. I'm sorry. <laughs> if I was Tony Reale hosting around the horn and you dropped that, the Falcons are zero and seven when not scoring twenty points. I would give you a lot of points right now. That's a good stat. That's a very oh, good. Oh, stat. Thank, you, thank you, thank you. Speaking of other stats, Bill, share the stat that's kind of that weird stat about teams from Atlanta, Arizona, Seattle, and Philadelphia playing each other in those that you shared. So there are four NFC teams that have birds as mascots: the Seahawks, the Cardinals, the Falcons, and the Eagles. 
those teams that have that both have birds have met each other in the playoffs uh, prior to last night ten times, and the, the home team has won every single one of those games. Wow! So they have a home nest advantage. A home, uh, <laughs> a home I nest. See, I see what you did there. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and and that was just a weird stat that somebody pulled up out of the archives. Uh, and it was fun to see that. I mean, not not fun for Atlanta, but but for Eagle fans everywhere to keep that streak to eleven now straight times that wow. the home bird wins, uh, whether they're a dog or not. <laughs> so, um, pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, they didn't establish the run game, Sean. Again, Ryan was having struggles. the The environment was tough. Not only the the, the fan fandomodium, but the weather. It was it was just tough. And again, there's some play calling at the end that really just. I mean, Matt Ryan's not a rollout quarterback. I hated the fourth down play, right? Roll to the right. You cut the field basically to a third, right? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I think he had a timeout. When it was third and ten, I was like, dude, just run it. Run it on third, right? And uh, who knows? I'm I'm not going to pretend like I'm a good offense coordinator. But it was just, to me, again, a little disappointing. And. I, I I think hats off to Nick Foles, right? After a tough start. That first yeah. series was horrendous, right? He, he had a giant chip on his shoulder, and oh. he did great. He did great. He, well, he, he ended up being 23 of 30 for like yeah. 50. So, um, yeah, he really came through. We'll see how he does against the uh, Vikings defense next week. I think they're going to put up a much bigger test than the Falcons did, even though he, they were only able to get one touchdown and uh, a bunch of field goals. So. Okay, I guess before we start segueing into the college football, I'll be curious to see if the national sports fan says, who cares about these games? They're all East Coast teams. Uh, you know, everything's on the East. And, you know, no one, no one wanted to watch the college football championship because it was two SEC teams. And Bill, what's, Bill, what say you? <laughs> I think the NFL is uh, much is bigger and beyond that. I think there are Viking fans all around the country. It's just a weird thing that people mm-hmm. locate from there. And so there's tons of Vikings fans who go around. Um, Jags, not so much, maybe. I think that that's um, it's one of the younger franchises in the league. I think they still have um, they'll have their following locally here in North Florida, but that's about it. But the Patriots are the Patriots. They're, they're you know, Homer bandwagoners. Late to, love, love or hate them, right? Late love to come them. to the party people all over the country. Uh, so I don't think that, and the Eagles, look, I think they're a, um, a great story because of all those near misses, you know, in the, uh, well, Dick Vermeil got them to the Super Bowl, right. But they lost to the yeah, they've been twice. Yeah. yeah they've been twice. Lost, lost to the Raiders, lost time. to the Patriots. Yeah. And then they've so. also, you know, had that run with, um, Randall, right. Cunningham where they got close. It could never really, you know, break through. So, and, and, and make it to the Super Bowl. So I think it's going to be, um, I think there's a lot of interest. I think three teams that have never won a Super Bowl against the almighty Patriots, that creates a good storyline. That's yeah. You, you, uh, I was going to say that bill. You, you just yeah. said it. The, the, the three teams of the four have never won the Super Bowl. So do you boys take the Patriots or the field? I know um, that's like tiger back in the day. Right. I, right. Yeah. The smart money is the Patriots, but you have three teams that are right. Everybody's got to answer that question right now. Well, yeah. You, the field. You know, I, I'll take the I'll take the Patriots. I'll tell you what. I mean, Patriots go in like Alabama went into the college football playoffs. I think everyone. I think no one wants to admit it, but I think everyone knows they're probably the best of the four teams left. Um, I think the, the, they have the best coach, they have the best quarterback, um, and in the NFL, I think that that's the two things you look at. I mean, you can look at defense all day long, but you don't look at any of these three teams. Jacksonville's got an amazing defense, Saxonville, and they got most turnovers. <laughs> Minnesota's playing great. Philadelphia's got a really good defense, but I don't think um, Todd. I, I, you know, I said it earlier to Bill offline. I, I think, uh, I think the storyline probably goes: Minnesota wins in Philly, New England wins big, and and then New England wins by double digits and 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 you know beat, beats Minnesota on their home field. I just you know now any of the four teams I think could win based on what we saw. I mean, I didn't think Jacksonville had a chance today. Um, but if I had to pick right now, guys, I'm, I'm picking New England over Jacksonville um, by, I'll say, nine, um, mm. right, on the, right on the line. And I'll say uh, Minnesota wins by a field goal over Philadelphia. Wow. Um, great question. Uh, I think I posted originally, so good, good job, me. Um, <laughs> really quick. <laughs> I was gonna really quick. <laughs> so I, I, think, uh, I think Philly gets it done in Minnesota. I don't know why. I just do. It's not in Minnesota. It's in, um, it's in Philly. You're exactly right. It's in Philly. I, I, the Super Bowl is going to be Minnesota. And I think New England, I think the Cinderella slipper 
comes off for Jacksonville. I think New England does what they do. New England's so amazing. I'll think about this. They constantly have undersized, no name <laughs> receivers. I know, right? And retread running backs, and they just dominate year after year. The only year they don't dominate, they let the Giants beat them. They would have been perfect, and Miami wouldn't be popping champagne. You think I'm bitter still? You think I'm bitter, Bill? <laughs> so anyway, long story, long story short, uh, New England wins the Super Bowl this year. Um, I'm going to go with the Vikings. I just, I, I just want to be contrarian. Yeah, I just think that uh, they'll beat whoever comes out of the uh, AFC. Um, I'm not. I'm holding out hope for the Jags. Some kind of a weird miracle. Uh, I, nothing better than watching a whole bunch of Patriots fans have to leave Gillette, you know, in a stupor because they lost. Yeah. To, to well, you saw that earlier today with Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, exactly. It was awesome. I mean, so yeah. we're talking about the Vikings outdoors. They're in Week 16. They beat the Packers 16 zip. Packers right. are awful. That's though. outdoors. Yeah. They lost to the Panthers 31-24 in Week 14. And then, and then there was a lot, a whole lot of indoor. Falcons uh, was indoors. Uh, Lions on the road indoors. And then they uh, beat the Redskins back in week twelve, uh, week ten, November 12, 30. So they've they've done all right outdoors. Um, okay. They, they beat the Bears outdoors. Uh, they beat the Buccaneers outdoors. That doesn't count. So, uh, <laughs> anyways, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it just be interesting. It, you know that that home field's great and. I don't think anyone doubted that the guy from the Saints was going to make that field goal at the end there. Uh, you know, he's an indoor kicker, kicking indoors. I mean, it's uh, – so it'll be interesting to see if weather plays a part of it. Um, you know, the, the uh, New England-Jacksonville game is the early game. That's the 3 I'm a little game. surprised. I'm a little surprised it's early game. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I think, um, you know, conspiracy theorists will tell you that anything the NFL can do to give uh, the Patriots more rest, uh, they'd get three hours extra rest in the oh, big scheme of things. Wow. Wow. Yes. Two yeah, weeks, three hours. <laughs> people were saying that about, you know, they got the, you know, the, but look, they're the number one seed. The number one seed should get the late game on, on Saturday um, for exposure and for rest. The, you know, Steeler fans locally here were all complaining that, of course, the, the Patriots get the, the late, the early, the Saturday game, you know, because they get the extra day of rest if they would have faced the, the Steelers. Mm. I, I guess you worry about stuff like that. You lose to Jacksonville, right? <laughs> Right, right. So you're going to add something there at the end. No, I'm good. I'm good. I think uh, I, I just I, I love next week. It'll be great. This is always probably considered the best week of, of football because you have the the final eight. But I I really like next week. All everything's on the line for those four teams. Yeah, should be fun. I'll tell you what. If Jacksonville somehow finds a way to win, it, and that's a huge capital if it could, we could see a change in the guard. We could see um, all of a sudden Blake Bortles, who who was you know a solid quarterback in in college. Uh, he he could move up from number seventy to number sixty five uh, in in Chris Sims rankings uh, on Bill Levitard show or Dan Levitard show. Um, I think I think Chris Sims is going to have some some crow to eat uh, on that show. Bill, you you listen to it on a regular basis. What do you think he's going to say? Um, he'll stick to his guns. He'll stick to his guns. He was his. If you look at the numbers, I mean, he was he was under fifty, just, just right around fifty percent completion rate. He's not he's not that good a quarterback. Right. Yeah. And, and I neither, thought, was Trent, neither was Trent Dilfer, right? I, and I don't know who was announcing that game. There was Ian Eagle, right? And Dan Fouts. Ian Eagle and Dan Fouts, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the bird and the beard. And I kept, I kept hearing Ian Eagle saying, I kept hearing Ian Eagle saying, ding, 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 oh, ding, ding. he fired a bullet toward, you know, bullet. And I'm like, bullet? He just kind of lobs the ball. He's not, he's no Elway or Brady when he fires those short little 10 yard passes. They look like they're, they're like half speed, everything he does. Um, yeah. A little shot putty kind of style that he throws. So I'm, I'm just not a fan, but Leonard Fournette's a great running back. T.Y. T. Yeldon's great. Um, I, I, I think they've got an amazing defense, and you know it's the Ravens all over if they yeah. win the Super Bowl, if they somehow pulled off that miracle. Yeah, it would be fun. Yeah. All right, boys, let's segue to the other side of, uh, of football, and that's college football. Um, we had the championship game the day after we were last on the air. Uh, Can you hold on a second while I turn on my um, sound limiter on Todd? Because i got to make sure that we don't lose him. So <laughs> when the volume goes too high, I don't want it to – Yeah. I love, so, it. I love it. It's well-deserved. It's well-deserved. Sorry. sorry. We had, no, that's uh, funny. I like it. We had a big game in Atlanta. Um, it was a game with a lot of hype, uh, a lot of attention, a lot of anger because it was two teams from the SEC. Uh, I think it proved out to be a great game. Uh, it was really a fun game to watch. Um, it was obviously exciting. It was the first CFP championship game to go into overtime. Um, 
it was we had drama, we had intrigue, we had uh, we had the president before the game. We mm. had a lot of um, you know a lot of activity there in the MBS. Todd, is that what they're calling it? The MBS Mercedes Benz Stadium. Mercedes Benz Stadium. Um, initial thoughts, Todd, just before we kind of go through the game. What was your thoughts on what you saw? Uh, in Atlanta, maybe just recap the game, and then we'll kind of go through the ebbs and flows of Georgia versus Alabama. Initial thought was, I mean, gosh, I think it uh, lived up to its billing, right? Um, yeah. 26-23 in overtime. I mean, hats off, uh, hats off to both teams, really. I mean, great display on both parts, but obviously Alabama won. The number four seed who people said didn't even belong to be there. Um, I, I still am laughing at people who are UCF fans um, that aren't realizing that they're just trying to tell, sell T-shirts and they don't really believe that they belong to be the national champions. But I, I, I kid a little bit. Um, anyway, so good game. I think Georgia came out of 0-0 in the first quarter. Georgia kind of did what they needed to do. I think that uh, Fromm played a, managed a good game like he's been doing all along. Um, Alabama was certainly tough, 13-0. Um, uh, Nick Saban, some say with a great call, but uh, obviously he made the decision to put in the freshman quarterback, um, Sean, you'll help me with his name. Uh, Tua, Tua Vagaloa. Yeah. I, I, I had a problem with John Smith, so I'm not going to apologize too much for that. Um, but gosh, Jalen Hurts really wasn't doing much, right? Yeah. He just wasn't moving the ball. Um, I think, uh, Saban had this move in the back of his mind. Um, and it just seemed like the right opportunity and hats off to that, 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 you know, he's, he's a short little guy, a lefty. Uh, he just made all the throws. He took a lot of hits. Um, now I think what Bill was referring to earlier, it, it's frustrating. Um, a team as good as Alabama and the same with the Patriots, uh, to, to get the benefit of some calls, just, it kind of makes you scratch your head. Now, we could break down every play, and it goes, you know, both ways. Um, but it just appeared that there are a couple, three bad calls that really swung the momentum Alabama's way. Now, they had to still go out and win the game. Georgia has to weather the storm. That didn't happen. Um, but certainly a little, a little frustrated on my end um, just on a couple things that went down. Uh, you know, the block punt offsides, and Bill, you and I went back and forth on whether it could or shouldn't be because there was a – a false start that wasn't called on Alabama. Um, just, you know, a face mask on Jake Fromm, a couple late hits. We can go on and on. But that said, congratulations, Alabama. Um, the number four seed uh, uh, won. And Georgia future's bright. So it's a missed opportunity. Yeah. No guarantees to get back. Uh, you right. want to win those games. But, hey, it, it, it looks good for them moving forward. Right. Bill, what were your thoughts? You know, other than it being a late game for you. <laughs> yeah, after midnight finish, back-to-back nights, <laughs> after Sunday night football and then the uh, the national championship game. I think Tua Tagaviola is, uh, was amazing. To have this kid come in and the composure he had, um, that fourth and seven from the fourth Ooh. and goal, right, from the seven to zip that pass. I mean, I, there was an unbelievably small window for that pass to go into. Um, I think, though, there was a play in the third quarter Early on when they were still trying to come back, that third and seven, when mm. he scrambled to his right, looked like he was going to be sacked, busted out of that, yeah. made a little reverse, and was able to run down and get that first down. That I, I made a comment at the time that, that that could be a huge play. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you, if he's sacked there and it's fourth and 12 and they punt, it's a whole different game, right? I think who knows yeah. what Georgia does, right? Because Georgia had, you know, um, you know, Fromm had that little dump pass that went 80 yards. They were still, you know, yeah, they'll be in a score mode at that point. They would still be up, and when you're playing from ahead, it's a different game. So, um, just you know, either an incredible stroke of genius by uh, by Saban, or just dumb luck that that Tua came in and was able to you know pull all that off. Um, but that, that's think, just so big. I think he had to make the move, and he made he made it. Um, they still may have come back if they kept Hurts in, um, but right. boy, he seemed to be a spark. But I think I think Bill, you you just so eloquently put it. Um, the, the, some of the calls that go the other way, it, when you're up 20 to nothing or 23 to nothing, it's such a different <gasps> dynamic than 13 to set nothing, 13, seven. That said, right. we play 60 minutes. Um, it is what it is. Think of the bad bounce that, that from got, he threw a ball that went off some guy's helmet that ended up yeah. in interception. Like, right. 
how do you defend against that? Um, just, yeah, you don't. Just, just you some don't. bad luck, right? Just some bad luck. The same way, the same way you don't, you know, I mean, the Alabama kicker, you know, drills, oh. a, field, drills a field goal in the first half, but they were off sides right. or something like that. So, And then he misses the second one. Like, I mean, a, a unbelievable bad miss. Right, um, and then, and then, he then comes that shank at end of regulation, right? The oh. end of regulation was just horrendous. I mean, it that's was bad. That was just a I mean, miss. It was, right? it was. It was. I mean, hashtag nerves. I mean, it was just. You could just tell. I mean, that. I mean, how many times do you have a chance to, for a walk off kick to win the national championship? Right. I mean, the the kid at Auburn uh, did it against Oregon, um, but you don't see a lot of walk off kicks to win games at that level. Mm. Um, and then, and then to go in and. You know, stopping stopping Georgia, making them get a long field goal. The third down play where they did a safety blitz and he came right up the middle untouched and, and sacked from, um, you know, I, I know you're you're ment- mentally trying to win the game and, and advance the ball, but, you know, to take that sack and – no, their, their kicker, uh, who's the guy with the dark glasses? Rodrigo the, Blankenship, yeah. Yeah, yeah Blankenship. I mean, stones it. Um, Hot rod. And then, and then, gosh, the first play from scrimmage, you know, you – you sack Tua back 17 yards behind the scrimmage. Yeah. yeah. Um, From the 25, he's back he just, to the 41 or 42-yard line, right? Yeah. And yeah. Like, okay, here we and, go. And with a kicker who's missed two and is obviously visibly shaken, uh, does not want to go back in and try and, you know, as much as people would say, like, oh, it would have been cool from the tide in there. Um, the, the the bomb and the, the man-to-man, um, yeah. you know, Herb Street and a lot of the guys said, you know, Tua did a great job of looking off the safety. They were in, you know, one one safety deep, and he pushed him to the right side. And then hit the, just a bomb of a pass. I mean, but as soon as the game's over, you know, once again talking about sportsmanship, Drew Brees, who's the first person to run out and, and grab Tua and give him a hug, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, um, yep. yeah. What a what a what a amazing, outstanding example. Um, yeah, he was. And who knows? People are talking is he going to transfer? I I don't know, but. Um, yeah, you learned something from that that guy that night, right? How he handled things. So. Sure, sure. And you know what? I mean, he, every time Tua did something good, he was on the field. He was talking to him, you know, when the defense was on the field. Um, a, a nice message about you know the 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 power of Twitter, um, and and that people can be pretty cocky when they're tweeting behind their their iPhone. Mm-hmm. Um, the amount of hate that Jalen hurts, like you might as well just go ahead and transfer and blah blah blah, and then you know Tua tweeted out saying like this guy's my brother and he's not going anywhere and think of the games in the last two years i mean yeah right, right? i mean wow. yeah exactly and and you know the fact is is that you know jalen hurts you know maybe he takes a lesson from tebow maybe he takes a lesson from some other quarterbacks who were great in college and didn't make it in the pros you weren't making the pros maybe maybe he switches to tight end and stays at alabama um, the fact is, is that alabama's won five of the last 11 national championships um nick saban is is um you know now tied with with Bear Bryant as far as number of championships with six. Um, another SEC championship uh, going into next season. Todd, I, I know you say nothing's guaranteed, but I think Georgia's future looks pretty bright. They have the they have the two best, you know, the uh, a sophomore quarterback and an incoming freshman quarterback um, that is the number one quarterback in the country. Justin Fields, I think, right? Justin Fields. Yeah. Uh, one is a drop-back pocket quarterback. One is a, uh, you know, move around what do they call that guy the uh, movement quarterback or yeah you know, not a not a pocket yeah Eason has transferred to Washington yeah um he had a uh he had a great little uh tweet basically just thanking everyone great two years yeah, always have a home in Athens um yep. they had a video after of him waiting for from and them walking out together I mean god he got Wally Pip didn't he I mean unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, at from, least yeah. at least at least uh at least hurts uh you know he got pulled uh, Issa just got hurt. Um, one thing I'll say about Georgia, again, what I say about there's no guarantees. They had one injury starting offense and starting defense all year. Now yeah. every other – they were healthy all 10 on offense, and they inserted from all 11 on defense. Wow. Yeah. So that's what, I, that's what I'm saying. Chance, I mean, anything can happen next year, right? Yeah, you know, we talk about that that second-year coach making it, right, Kirby Smart. Uh, you know, uh, Stoops did it. Um, right. Stoops. Uh, Meyer, second year at Florida, did it. Um, it wasn't his second year of coaching. It was his second year at Florida. Um, Trestle did it at Ohio State. Um, look at Urban Meyer's not at Florida anymore. Uh, Stoops isn't at Oklahoma anymore. Uh, Jim Trestle got run out of the NCAA, you know, as far as, um, you know, never made it back. So you're right. It's a, it's one of those, you know, you get there quickly and, you know, gosh, 
Todd, we were hanging out in Jacksonville, Florida this week, and I was talking to some guys that were Florida grads. Um, you know, during that run where Florida won two in football and two in basketball. Um, and, and those guys were kind of complacent. You know, they're like, well, this, all I know is Florida winning and, and, <laughs> you know, and you have a bad year and it's kind of like, what the hell happened? My, so, uh, my nephew, I was a freshman at yeah. in 06. So he won national championships in football in 06 and 08 and basketball in 06. 07, 08. 06, 07. Yeah. 06, 07. And I'm like, what a blessing and a curse at the same time. You'll be busy right. for the rest of your life, right? So, and, yeah. and Sean, another thing, and I know we're dragging on college football. Bill's probably happy we won't talk about it again until August. But um, <laughs> our, our, our four national championship opportunities, three we won and one we got absolutely blown out by Nebraska. Um, I think the joke is, is Tommy Frazier scored again. <laughs> you know, right. um, I forget what was it, 62 to three or 62 to 24. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, Imagine being the Georgia fan just losing that that heartbreak. That's got to be yeah. stuff. So, yeah. I wonder, but, but a Georgia fan, at least they have one in their in their annals, right? Herschel yeah. Walker. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I want to bring bring up a, a, something I heard this morning listening to uh, Jeremy Schapp. You know, kind of re- recap what he does on Sunday mornings on ESPN. And I apologize, I don't remember the coach's name. He's six or seven years older than Saban in the Hall of Fame, uh, and talked about when they talked about Saban's run you know, how unprecedented it is. If you think about it, it's five out of the last nine, right. That he's won. Right. And if you think about the ones that got away, Clemson <laughs> last year, one second, easily could have been six out of nine. And then there was the, the, he didn't make the championship game with the kick six. That was Auburn, yeah. happened, right. Then there was the Tebow, a Tebow game, right. At the end of Tebow's career where the Tebow beat him, come back in the fourth quarter, Alabama had a lead. He detailed yep. every game where he was literally, a play or two away from being in nine straight national title games. Unbelievable. I mean, that's how good Alabama's wow. been during that run. It's, it's so, crazy. Let me ask you this, John. Uh, Belichick or Saban? Oh. Uh, I'd say Belichick just because I think the competition level is so much closer. Yeah. Um, and recruiting in the uh, college, you can get – I mean, not saying take anything away with Saban, but Belichick is – Again, does it with midget no-name receivers, right? Right. <laughs> and it yeah, seems, like, seems like Alabama has a top-five recruiting class every year. That, again, Saban's amazing, but I'd have to give Belichick the nod. Yeah, I, I'll make that a we'll – we'll be unanimous on that. Uh, because Saban is Saban, he's, and he's got this thing that he's built that a lot of kids are banging on his door to get there. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's a business in the NFL, and players aren't going to take massive cuts to go play with Belichick. They want yeah. them. So. You know, probably some of them, I think we all three respect his knowledge of football, the game in general, especially college. Uh, Kirk Herbstreit on Twitter uh, last night said, um, here's this tweet. He says, I'm telling you, 16 years of the Patriots and 10 years of the Alabama football. I read that. Deep yeah. end of the pool. Love them or hate them, so consistent, so impressive. They are the bar, period. Right? Yeah. I mean, they are. And until someone kind of beats them and, you know, and, and, and not just beats them but takes the throne, right? I mean, we, we go back and I, I look at um, Michael Jordan could never beat the Pistons. And then he finally beat the Pistons and then six championships later, right? right. Um, LeBron James couldn't get past, you know, the teams. The, the Celtics couldn't get past, you know, LeBron James couldn't get past the Celtics, you know, when, when he was with the, the Heat. Um, it, and until John Wall with the Wizards or Kyrie Irving or, you know, somebody gets past the team, they're not going to get past. Much right? like you can do, you can, you know, as I sit here watching the wrap up of the Sony open <laughs> as we're recording this, once again, it's pitch black dark here and I'm watching the beautiful Hawaiian. Now I get, <laughs> I get why all these people on the East coast kept coming West. I get it, I get it now. Guys, let's go speed round really quick. We've, we've had a long talk about uh, only six games, five games of football. Um, but let's do this uh, speed round. Bill, speaking of, of time zones, uh, what just kicked off today? Australian Open, maybe? Yeah, the Australian Open. Uh, it's um, it's currently on the television set here in the Risser household. Uh, and uh, so, so, yeah. The, the first major of the year? First major of the year is a rolling. We don't have Serena in. She made a little bit of an effort to try and come back from uh, having her child this uh, end of the summer, early fall. Uh, but she her game just wasn't where I wanted to be. She's not going to play unless she thinks she can win. So, yeah. we'll see her uh, in Paris at the French, I'm sure. No, I okay. think it went deeper than that. I think she had actual health. Uh, it wasn't – she wasn't able to. I, do, do a little research on that. I thought I read she had some, some 
health issues. Uh, she was hitting hard. I mean, if she was playing you know, exhibition stuff and playing, I, don't, I didn't heard that, but I'll, I'll look. We'll have a, I, I could be wrong. I thought I'll report next week. Maybe it was Venus. Who knows? Okay. Speed round to you, Todd. Uh, EPL. What happened today? Big, big news in EPL, right? Uh, yeah, big news. Um, Liverpool, who uh, just sold Philip Coutinho to Barcelona for $192 million. So their star player is gone. They ended up beating Manchester City 4-3. They were up 4-1. Manchester City made a run. But the big story is Manchester City had been previously unbeaten in their last 30 Premier League games, mm. um, which is amazing. And that was only tied for the third longest ever. So uh, once, once these teams, there's some dominant epic runs. Um, also, Sean, I think I copied you all on a tweet. I, uh, I retweeted uh, Michael Eisner of Disney fame bought uh, Portsmouth, uh, Division II um, England team, and he is trying to get them back to prominence. It's been a while since it's been the Premier League. So if you're bored, look up that story. It's pretty interesting. Is you saying Division II, not even a Champions League team? They're lower no. than that? Yes. Wow. So he, yes. he's got a long ways to bring him back to, to, to if he wants to prominence, right? Cause yeah, and, he, and he's – Relegation seven, Cup, right? He's 70 years old, right? And um, he said – he's like, I want to challenge. He goes, I thought about buying a, a team either in the Champions League or the Premier League, but there's no real big upside. He's excited about the upside. It's a stadium that hadn't been renovated in 100 years. Um, the crest of Portsmouth is the city crest – so he can't even use it to marketing. So they're in the process of changing the, 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 the team crest so they can merchandise more. It's just really fascinating all the things that these great business minds think about. Do you know the sales? Do you know what he bought it for? I, I probably read it in the article, but I can't pull find up. that out. Yeah, I'm really curious. That'd be interesting. I wonder if the crest will look anything like this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's some copyright infringements. Um, before we go off, I'll find that out. All right. All right, so speed around for me, guys. Uh, I just want to tip my hat. Uh, we lost another great one in the sports broadcasting world. Uh, yesterday, Todd tweeted out, Todd seems to be the, the uh, bell ringer for the uh, RIPs with Tom Petty. Uh, Keith Jackson. Obsessed. Oh, Nelly. Yeah. We lost Keith Jackson uh, this week. Uh, the, the kind of the consummate voice of college football. Um, he did other sports. He did, you know, he did lots of sports. He did Olympics. He did basketball. Um, but he's really known for college sports. And the Rose Bowl was always Keith Jackson's. Kirk Herbstreit always gives him a hat tip when he's in the, the booth. Um, let's just go around the horn. Bill, what, tell me a memory that you're going to think of when you think of Keith Jackson. Uh, a, a catchphrase, a word, uh, just yeah. a game maybe that you remember? Uh, how about just the way there's there's nobody says Alabama like Keith Alabama right? yeah because I think that he just had the the best way of, of saying that and it was my growing up with my dad watching sports my dad being a sports fanatic um, Keith Jackson filled the living room every single Saturday right there were only one or two games when I was younger right, right that were going on in the in the late sixties early seventies and all you heard was Keith Jackson that was called if it was a big game yeah. it was Keith right. Jackson he had the and you game. knew. If it was Keith Jackson, it's a big. It game. was a big game. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's very cool. Todd, how about uh, you, man? What, what do you remember about, about the big guy? The, the big easy. Molly? The easy answer is O'Nelly, right? He's yeah, right. That O'Nelly. Uh, but I love it, Sean. You need to help me. Being from Columbus, he'd start off the the broadcast. You know, from the banks of the old Intangi. Is that the river outside of uh, Columbus? Yeah. Um, Tangi. The old Intangi, right? He's just. And I'm a Florida kid going. What is off the banks of the old and tangy even me, right? right. <laughs> and uh, I used to love it. I mean, you know, isn't that cool? Like he had, he had location. Uh, Brent Musburger always said, "You are looking live." Yeah. And and then what does Jim Nance say? "Hello, friends." Uh, you know, it's just it's just their signature kind of call, right? Yeah. My other thing is like, do you remember you remember Jack Jackson, right? A wide receiver at Florida. He'd be like, yep. He'd be like, "Oh, I'm not a Jack Jackson." <laughs> He's a <laughs> He's a six foot one sophomore. It wasn't sophomore. It was sophomore from yes. Moss from Moss Point, Mississippi. He's a good one, you know. Yeah. And I apologize for this awful imitation, but um, <laughs> no, it's that's good actually. In, in he, my head, it's perfect. But yeah. his anyway, his his you know annotations and his 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 anxiousness and the he always gave the guys credit down on the lines, right? He always gave the big mollies, the big the big, um, the big, the big hosses, the hosses. He called them hosses, you know. And uh, uh, he did a great job. And and you know the thing I'll. You know, lots of Buckeye, Ohio State Buckeye games and or Ohio State uh, Michigan, Michigan yeah. games. But um, you know, his last game. What What do you think his last game was, boys? Oh, you remember? I know, I know it. It's Texas, USC, cool. right? Yeah. USC, Texas, and he got to call that in the, last in the granddaddy of them all. Amazing last, you know, 
it wasn't the last play of the game because they ended up kicking off afterwards, but uh, Vince Young kind of streaking in there on fourth and six um, to, to win it over, over USC. It was just a great finish. So he's a, he's a born Georgia boy, but I think he settled out West. Um, I don't know. Yeah. If, uh, yeah, I don't he, know if the Rose Bowl he fell in love with the the West out there, but I think he is in the the Northwest area. If I if I yeah, I believe so. I know Musburger's yeah. up in Montana. I don't know if that was a uh, uh, kind of a tribute to Keith. I'm not sure where Keith's from, but uh, he'll be missed. And uh, yeah. just uh, you know, hard to believe that down the road people are gonna you know some podcast you know Ryan and and Scott and <laughs> Kevin will be on some podcast uh, years from now doing Stare Down 2.0, and they'll be talking about you know. Kirk Herbstreit or Chris Fowler, or, you know, yeah, someone who like they that. grew up just, with. You're right. You know, yeah, just you know, and a voice. You know, like we've seen all the Bill. I mean, you could name probably almost every major league team's voice, right? I mean, Ooh. you know, especially their signature you know, voice, right? Who the who, yeah, Marty Brenneman and, and right and Vince Scully and you know the the yeah, yeah. you know the you know the the guys that are are the guys of the of the teams that you grew up right. with. Right. And obviously, it was different when you used to go to sleep at night when your parents would say, go to bed and don't listen to the radio. And you'd sneak your transistor radio in the bed and, and listen to the, you know, the games and Todd, you and I, you know, when you hear Mick Hubert, you know, it's mm-hmm. just, it's hard to, to not want to hear it. So the voice of the Gators. Yep. All right, boys, let's, let's call it a night. Uh, good, good recap of the, of the, of the season. We're coming up on episode 100, Bill, a couple weeks away from episode 100 of the stare down. Can you believe that? Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, let's, let's, let's quickly figure out what we got going on this week. Todd, couple weeks into the season tell me how your year is going and what's going on in doors and hardware this week in georgia year's going great uh bill just some cleanup uh the initial investment was 7.8 million dollars michael eisner that chump change Uh, that's perfect so he can he has he can money to play with and try and build it up that's awesome absolutely absolutely so yeah i read that article it's kind of neat what he weighed and considered what he plans on doing so sean doors and hardware never stops um as you know so this wednesday we have our kind of local sales meeting and uh we're going to go over every account and review what they did back in 2017 and do projections for 2018 and also share best practices um so even though the year started it still takes it a little while uh to to establish uh concrete goals and to uh, uh again share best practices so looking forward to that team building this week um as i continue to uh just try to close jobs and, and keep the sales coming. Good, man. Have a good week. Thank you. Bill, a little Evernote recap last week on the on the real estate sessions. Who do you got coming up this week? This week, uh, once again, stay away from the core realtor uh, group. And we're going with Sam Parker, who founded MyCreditGuy.com. So, hmm. I, you know, you've probably in the past, Sean, used a credit restoration service or company or your lender has. And I've always wondered, what, what does that entail? What are they doing? How does it work? And so we get to find that out from Sam. Really nice kid who's uh, in Chandler, Arizona now, out of Iowa. And we talk about his growing up in the Midwest and how he got out to the desert. And then really some, I got to ask some great questions about that whole process, what to watch out for, what to do, how to do it right. Uh, so that's coming up. And then I'm, I'm headed to Lee County for a, three days this week. I've got some... Um, I'm with the Sanibel Captiva board doing a little nice. presentation on cybersecurity uh, and then doing a lot of uh, appointments with uh, different agents down there that our sales team set up. So I'll be busy down there and getting ready for next week, the week after that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Hey, Bill, why don't you give a quick uh, stare down uh, recap, 60 seconds or less on on what you saw this Friday over, over in Jacksonville. Yeah, so I've, I've, I've helped produce Oh, five Phoenix real estate uh, bar camps. And the RE bar camp in Jacksonville was a sight to be seen. I mean, they really do it up. We were in a university of North Florida in a beautiful facility. Uh, They fly in guys like Sean and and some other presenters from around the country to kind of, you know, cement. Cam and Chandra. Yeah. Yeah, Jeff Lobb Lobb was there. Just really well done. And uh, I think we were pushing six, 700, maybe people. I think it was 900. Yeah. 900. Yeah. Which, is a massive crowd and with nine different breakout sessions, uh, five different times at 45 different opportunities for realtors to share information, learn from each other. Uh, just really well done. So, and Sean, I thought you did a great job. I got to see Sean's, um, 20 year, uh, tales from a 20 year rookie presentation. Super impressed. 
pulled a couple things out of there. I might be using other places. Sorry about that, Sean. But that's all right, man. <laughs> R and D, baby. R and D. Exactly. Rip off and duplicate. Rip right? off and duplicate. Yep. <laughs> so uh, it was really a lot of fun. So uh, how yeah. about you? you? I'm sure you you've been there before, but yeah, man. I'm, look, I, I I really enjoyed hooking up with you and, and seeing you there. We, we got to see some old friends offline and uh, got to see a lot of cool real estate people. Maybe some people you build some relationship with. Uh, the chat, we saw a couple people from real estate sessions on the show, uh, maybe yeah. a few new ones with Kim Knapp or Jeff Lobb uh, that we can get on the show. Yeah. Debbie Kirkland's already lined up. I'll be interviewing her Wednesday for a future uh, episode. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. good good, good uh, agent out of Tallahassee. Yeah. Um, for me, guys, it's uh, so that was three uh, events last week with, in Toledo, uh, two in Toledo and one in Jacksonville. This week, I have five events here, all in Ohio. Uh, so wow. excited to get rocking and rolling. And then, and then. Bill, as, as we said, next week we hit New York. So we'll do a little preview of Inman Connect next week. Uh, but why don't we call it a wrap, guys? It's been a long show. It's been a long season. Uh, so get ready for the NFC and AFC Championship games next week. And next week we really start turning our attention to college basketball and the NBA and NHL. So on behalf of Bill and Todd, I'm Sean Carpenter. And thanks for listening to The Stare Down.